You're listening to Adoption, Fostering and Tea from the UK's LGBTQ plus adoption and fostering charity, New Family Social. Find us at newfamilysocial.org.uk. I'm Tor and this week I'm going to be having a cup of tea with Alex and talking about him adopting two siblings. Hi Tor, thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing well. You've not, you've been poorly though, haven't you? You said you might have a croaky voice. Yes, yes. I've had a rough couple of days oh, and oh. I've lost my voice um, um, on Saturday, so uh, I'm still recovering, so sorry <laughs> about that. Well, if it starts to go, you do it through the medium of dance and I'll interpret it for the audience, so give it a go. <laughs> thank, you. Um, thank you ever so much for joining us. Uh, we were chatting just beforehand and you were telling me a little bit about the makeup of your family and particularly that your children have several other siblings in other situations. So I guess we'll get to that. But to set the scene, could you tell me a bit about how you and your husband arrived at adoption and how it was getting to that point? Yes, of course. Um, We've been thinking about adoption for quite a long time. Before COVID, we went to an agency to have a chat with them. And because we were fairly new to the UK at the time, and we we weren't nationals yet of, of this country, we thought that um, um, the way they were talking to us was a little bit frosty. Um, they were quite informative, but um, but perhaps not too emotional. And and they said to us to 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 maybe wait a bit more and think about it a bit more. So it was not um, too disheartening, and I think it was probably the right thing for them to to do at the time. And we had we we took another year. To, to think about it and, and think about what we wanted really um, from, from the journey and how we sort of imagined our lives afterwards. We went back just after COVID and and that's when we formally started the process. Okay, one, one question that immediately comes to mind and it's partly because it's something we've been dealing with um, at New Family Social this week is given that you were quite new to the UK and that the adoption assessment often focuses on support network, I wonder, did you have that in place already or was that something that you've had to work on? And if so, how did you do that? That is exactly why the agency said what they said. They Ah, said, try and work on that. Try and and build up a, a, a support network that is physically available to you. And that is how we ended up going to a new family social <laughs> walk. Okay. Yeah. And, that, so and, and there was a walk in in in, um, in in our area, in our city, in a park. And that's where that was the first thing for us. Everybody came with children. Everybody had even a foster child, an adopted child. And we were just there with, with no children. <laughs> just following everyone around. Yes. <laughs> Okay, it's nice that you actually built your support network. People will think that I knew the answer to that before I asked it, that I'm just plugging New Family Social, but I really didn't. So, um, no. <laughs> but, um, but I mean, we did the same. That was why we joined. And so how did that go and how, how able, how easy was it to, to build those connections? Not easy at all because you're asking people to let you into their lives and into a very precious part of their lives. And, and some of the children within the new, you know, circle of friends, they do need to be protected extra, you know, very carefully. And, and I've even um, posted into some Facebook groups uh, asking for, uh, for opportunities to babysit. And, you know, it all, these are difficult topics. People are not, very easy to um 
to 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 convince that your intentions are pure and 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 you want to learn yeah absolutely so it, it wasn't easy but we we got there and we we were looking after lots and we had the chance to babysit lots and lots of children <laughs> and it was it was great it was really good yeah i think once you are friends with somebody then they're probably desperate to hand you their children but it's just that first bit so yeah. um perhaps we'll talk more about support network um because i know that it comes up for lots of people so um yeah so you built your support network a bit and then went into the assessment how did all of that go the assessment itself because we are quite well organized um, generally, both me and my husband, it went really well. Getting all the information from from our family from abroad, that was not so easy. We had to have everything translated, but you know we weren't going to let that stop us. That's really good. Who had to pay for the translation and stuff? Did you have to do that, or did the local authority do that? Um, I think the local authority covered most of the these additional costs. They okay. were they were quite good, and we we did. Even once we talk about that later on down the line, when we were staying in hotels during introductions, they were covering those costs as well. That's really good. And were your families excited about what you were doing? Very. Oh, that's nice. Very excited, very supportive. We had some distant relatives voicing some concerns, but you you do need to keep an open mind and understand the backgrounds of all of these different people who are part of our family and they are very different backgrounds, uh, you know, to ours. And they live in smaller villages in an Eastern European country. So they won't have all the knowledge, necessarily all the experience um, that, that we do. So we, we just had to, to talk to them. Have they since come round? Yeah, the absolutely. Idea. All of them, yeah. Oh, that's really nice. I've heard people say that a lot, that... There's often some sort of initial concern or resistance that is eventually all gone and they become actually some of the greatest advocates. But I think when it's new to people, when they've not seen it before, when culturally it's not something that's been available to them before, then people can be really nervous about it. Some of the things they said to us were like, you know, I I found that, I already found that quite hard that you wanted to get married, but you know, you do love each other and I love you both. <laughs> and I thought, okay, fine, you get married. But children? Yes. Really? Yeah. You know, that that that's hard to hear. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think you're right that if you if you can give people time, then they do sometimes come round. But equally sometimes people say stuff at that point that's just too damaging to recover from, really. I'm glad that yeah. in your case though, it sounds like everyone has come round and so on. Have you visited um, your home country with your children? We have, absolutely, on no. many occasions. And are you and, welcomed yeah. with open arms? It was crazy and exhausting and, you know, but it was great. Last Christmas, just before Christmas, um, we, we took a trip. But last year I said, I do not want to do this next year. We can do it in two years' time. Yes. But we do need a break. Yes, and we I understand. Ourselves under all this stress. <laughs> um, so rewinding a little bit again, you went through the assessment process and um, I guess the matching process. Can you tell me about those? Okay, matching was um, was great. A little bit scary, overwhelming, perhaps when you when you get once you get access to all the profiles. I think you do need 
it was nice from the agency. It was nice of the agency to prepare us beforehand that it will be a lot to take in. You know, you would be opening up these profiles, looking at photos of actual real human beings who need homes and they are waiting and all their backgrounds are different. And you might not even have all the information or no information at all in some cases. It's 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 really daunting. So what I always say to people and what what, what the only thing that anyone could say to me, you do, you do have to go with your gut feeling and your heart. That's the only way to find a match. This is not a calculated thing. It's not a checklist. If there is a profile well, when uh, once you read the key information and, and you've seen the pictures or you haven't, if, if there is a feeling, then then explore it. And even then, you still might have to reconsider you know, once there is an introduction. We had a, a bump into arranged for us before official uh, matching took place. That's nice. Was that in order that you could see if there was chemistry there? Yeah, yeah. I think so. I think that the local authority wanted to see that from the children as well because they were three and four already. They had personalities. They had, you know, things in their minds, history, memories. So it really, yeah, but it was magical, honestly. That was probably one of the best you know, the second best after when, you know, when when they actually came, that day was probably the best. But after that is is when we met. It was it was incredible. It was That's it was so lovely. Nice. Where was it? Was it in a park or a place? Enter? It was in a forest. Okay. Tell me tell yeah. me how it went. We we sat down pretending to have um a picnic um at a you know at a bench and uh, they were just walking past with with foster mum and foster mum's son um who was a, around the same age as us uh, a little bit younger um pretending to bump into friends that they've known okay. for some time <laughs> and so they said oh look our friends um alex and brian are here and um, let's say let's go say hi to them and it was it was great and later on interestingly one of our children said, oh, I knew that they were going to be our forever family. Oh, really? Gosh. Mm-hmm. So even at that I age, they really knew they were whether that's true or not. It, yeah. it, it probably means I really wanted them to be or something like that along the line, along those lines. But it was really nice. They straight away, they said, um, okay, you know, do you want to hold my hand? And do you want to be my best friend? Oh. <laughs> and they were leading us through the forest, holding hands. So did you drive away feeling kind of all buzzy that you'd met your children? We were crying, oh. yeah. We were just crying in the car. Uh, yeah, I don't Yeah, I, I can just go any time I think about this. So. <laughs> I won't keep prodding, but that's a lovely story. And how long from that was it until you did introductions and they came to you? After, after following the bump into it, it sped up quite a, quite a bit, I think, um, 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 about two, three months after that, um, they, they, they were moving in. Introductions lasted for two weeks, and this was it was very intense. And at the end of introductions, so following the bump into, there were a few more formal meetings that were held, and the plan they they they, they made the entire plan for the introduction period, and the move-in date was set, and. Um, yeah. Um, you know what? Uh, we we bumped. We did the bump into in um, 
sort of um, autumn um, winter time mm -hmm. and they moved in into the spring right so now that I think about it, it, it did take another four or five months or yes. so. But, um, yeah. So quite a big gap then from you having seen them to actually having them yes, with you. Yes, but they gave us a, a chance to do the books, yeah. the introductory books with our photos, pictures of the house, pictures of all the rooms, the garden, you know, the local park, and that was read to them. And then and they could say, and there were pictures of us with, with our names, and, and and they told them that we are going to become their forever family. And they said, Oh, but you know, these are Alex and Brian from the from the woods. <laughs> They've got so good they, memories, they, yeah. They connected the dots, yeah. That's amazing. And so when they first came home to you, you said the bump into was the second best day of it, and the best day was when they came to you. Tell me about that day. I can see you smiling. <laughs> it was just emotionally really charged, you know. Uh, it was great yes for us it was it's everything we ever dreamed of but the the foster family dropped them off they went up straight upstairs to their new room to play um, foster mum and foster mum's son walked down the stairs and just burst into tears and all four of us we we did like a group hug and we were just sobbing quietly in the hallway of the house and we could hear the boys upstairs laughing and and just having a nice time and, you know, they did say something like along the lines, bye-bye, you know, bye X, Y, bye boys, um, and then left. But it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a place to have this big goodbye mm. where, because they wouldn't understand. And we did, we do still have a very good relationship with foster family. We've met three, four times. That's so nice. But what a big day. You know, and I remember that day from our end, that, that first day at this child it, yeah, technically isn't legally yours, but has been handed over now to live with you permanently. And I think it is it is a really odd thing and it's a really bittersweet thing because, like you say, it's everything that the children have needed and it's everything that you've wanted. And it's everything the foster carer's role has been leading to. But, of course, again, it's, it's tinged with the difficulty that the children are facing and the emotional processing they now have to do and so on. Re a very odd thing. Absolutely, completely agree. And foster mum is exactly what foster mum said. He, she just said, "I'm really happy. I'm just crying because obviously I've, I've, I love them, and it's it's a hard day for me. And I also wonder how many times can you do this to a child? Yes, children bounce back, but they they've had two separate foster families, and." their birth family yeah so we were one of them was four years old and the other one was three and we were parents we were the fourth set of parents that's such them. a lot of disruption isn't it such a lot of change and and so on do you feel that the effects of that were evident immediately to you and are they evident now the effects of all of that change the effects of all of that change were absolutely evident when they came to us. It was it was wild. The first six months was a little bit of a survival mode for all of us um, because they were just so dysregulated and, uh, you know, everything was uh, falling apart around them, you know, or, or you know, in their heads. Um, so we had to try and just just be there 
create the routine, put the routine in place as soon as possible, stick to it and hope for the best. Yes, hope for the best, I think should be our motto, shouldn't it, as adopters? Yes, because you don't know. And we were just wondering, you know, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., we were just looking at each other saying, what have we done? Mm. Is this going to work? And you don't know, and it's a really scary feeling. What what shall we do? Shall we just call the social worker and undo this? We can't do it to these boys. You know, we now have a duty to 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 care for them. So it sounds like you were really drowning in those feelings at one point of was this the right decision? Yeah. It was a short period, but it was hard. And that's when you reach out. That's when you make those calls, talk to those friends and talk about these feelings because they are valid and 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 lots of people have these feelings i think and maybe some find it hard i find it i found it hard to talk about them yeah yeah me the same and um i think i think that advice is absolutely right is reach out to the people who've been there because even people who have a fairly smooth journey i think will have had those moments a lot of them and others, you know, have had a lot of those moments at first. It's really, really difficult to adjust to parenthood and adoptive parenthood, which is more complex for the exact reason that you said. When did you feel like that initial kind of shock period was passing? How long was that for you? The initial shock, I think, passed sort of in two months' mm-hmm. time, maybe even shorter than that. They, their, their sleep... We we we've managed to regulate their sleep their sleep cycle in about four weeks six weeks time. Toileting probably eight twelve weeks that sort of time. I think it's also age dependent. It will diff it will be different for every children. But but we we did feel like in uh, that after two months we were out of the darkest um, periods. But even for another four months, the, the next four months were tough because they would constantly challenge the relationship because once they feel that they start to trust you they will think well you're going to go away as well just like everyone else so why should i listen to anything you say did you have any formal support during that time um not really you know and and maybe we should have or we could have asked for it um we our, our social worker from the agency she's been brilliant and and we did have some very long conversations um with her so so yes we did have some support um and she 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 did say it is going to be all right it is all going to be fine you just have to hang in there but it was tough and yeah um yeah it certainly sounds it but i guess Hearing those words is nice, even if at the time you're thinking, how do you know it's going to be fine? But it must have been still at least a little bit reassuring to hear that from someone with that professional experience. Yeah, absolutely. So the first six months were tough. And then after that, how have things been? And how long on from that is it now? When was that? So... um... So, so that's that's it. They've been here for for a year and a half. So we've had a year feeling normal-ish, you know. Um, we've bonded really well. We've we've done therapy. Uh, so our agency has um, and the local authority has agreed 
um, um, to Theraplay for both children, and um, and that that helped with the bond. That's nice. Um, uh, immensely helped us both uh, to create that that trust and that bond. So we've had some nice trips to places with friends to holiday. You know, we've had some really nice holidays together. And I think with adoption, this is probably quite important. It's a roller coaster, but you know, it's not just adoption. Perhaps just having children in general is a roller coaster, I would imagine. And um, just when we thought, well, I thought we've we've had a really, really good past six months. I would say I'm generally very harmonious at home. You know, with the odd tantrums and and the odd issues that we need to talk about. But we just had just now before Christmas um, some some big big problems in school, and and uh, and this just put us back into these these back back into the spot where uh, we just we just thought you know it's hard because you question yourself as a parent and you 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 say you know am I doing this I thought I was doing it right but now I'm I'm questioning myself again. And how are you addressing those problems? What are you doing? We've warned school, so we thought we've done everything we could. So, yeah, we really thought we've done everything we could in terms of communicating with school. So it was a big shock for us when when um, just last week they called to say that um, they've decided to suspend uh, one of our sons. Yeah, that must have been absolutely horrid. Um, we had a very early meeting about my son after he was he was adopted by then. But the school said stuff about we don't think this is the place for him and they were implying that um, a special school might be the right route for him, all of which we would have been open to as a conversation, but he'd only been there nine days at the time. And I was thinking, you know, give him a chance. This is ridiculous. He's had nine days. And it later transpired they'd had a lot of issues with another child who had been adopted. And um, that had become a a completely all-consuming issue that they were dealing with. And honestly, I think they were kind of going, oh, here's another adopted kid. And that my son was sort of being judged by behavior that hadn't been his, that they were just anticipating. So we sort of bit back quite hard at that point and they backed down and he has remained happily in mainstream schools. So, you know, it's, um, I think it can be really difficult and you can think that you're dealing with people with expertise and sometimes they don't have loads of expertise in adoption. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, it, it's. I think it's just sad that they didn't think they had anything, anything, you know, any other tools or any other options. Which is why we've invited virtual school on our meeting to help, um, and they gave lots and lots of options to school. That and also asked them to try and refrain, really refrain from. From suspension or exclusion, yeah, absolutely. Because it's just not um, for, for for a six-year-old child. It's just not going to do anything for a six-year-old child, and for a six-year-old child who's had repeated endings to deal with, then a kind of threat of ending being used to control behaviour is really not a great strategy if you can avoid it. Can you say a bit about the virtual school and the virtual head teacher? Uh, what that is that anyone listening knows what that is and how that works. So um, all we know about virtual school and, and, and the reason we know about them is because what, when our older son started school last year, there, there were some issues and, um, and school was um, proposing 
SEN or or special needs, um, and 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 virtual school got involved um, via the council. Um, that was responsible for the adoption, uh, and that's when we um, we we got in touch, and they they joined all of our school meetings to sort of represent us and represent um, our son and 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 also their best interests. So it was really helpful because. Most of the times we would communicate from emotion, which I think is natural. And it's very hard to try and keep it professional and constructive. When you, as much as you, you want to try, uh, virtual school is there uh, to, to do this for you. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, again, we've only had a little bit of contact, but my understanding is that it's a head teacher level person who has oversight of all of the children who are either adopted or currently in the care system within that local authority. And their role is kind of as if those children were in one school, even though they aren't, but that person can wade into meetings and give information and stuff. We had a similar sort of experience. We didn't use the virtual head teacher for it, but we, um, we lent on a friend who knows about schools and one of my kids was having an issue. And what I wanted to know was what can be done? You know what? Because there are some things that schools can't do. So if I'm there asking for a thing that is illegal for them to provide or yeah. this is impossible for the system to flex to, then I'm wasting my time. But equally, if I'm saying to them, what can you do? They might be knocking some things off that list before they give me the list, you know? I got a friend and again, a new family social friend and just sat down with them and said, can you walk me through what options are technically available here? And it was amazing because all of a sudden I was armed with facts, lots of them. And I knew exactly which bits of the system could flex and which bits could not. And it was so, so helpful. And again, you know, I joined New Family Social as a member to build our support network of adopters and foster carers, just like you did. And, um, yeah, it's it's funny to still be leaning on it all these years later. I've had my son for a decade, but to be leaning on people around us to sort of say, do you know about this? Have you been through that? Is is really positive, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. And um and as you say, um this this virtual teacher that he's he's been assigned to our boys since they got into care. So he 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 knows them um really well. And he, he's got a file on them and he provided school with lots and lots of options, um, which which was great. Very helpful. That's fantastic. And um, you mentioned before we started recording about the fact that um, your boys have several siblings and that those siblings are in different situations to each other. And I just wondered if you can talk a little bit about what contact you have with birth family, including siblings and how that goes. Okay, of course. Um, yes, it's a it's a very um, complex um, situation because um, there are two older siblings, um, and they are in um, foster care now, permanent foster care. But at some point, they were all living together, the four of them, and then um, and then it just became the three of them with their um, older sister. And then in the end, the, the local authority decided that the sister, because she's turned six and seven and her personality has solidified so much and um, her attachment to birth family was so obvious that she she was not 
going to be able to to be adapt, adopted um so she was placed into foster care together with the the older brother and then here is how our boys stayed with a different foster family essentially up for adoption and that's when we we found their profiles during the matching uh, period and then later on we we've learned that there were two younger siblings um, who were born to a, a new uh, partner of of their birth mother um, and there is a supervision order in place for these children so birth mom does have parental responsibilities as long as um, she's with the new partner and and as far as we understand they live with the family of the new partner I see. So you have contact with the older two, but not with the younger two. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's right. And um, letterbox was essentially the only form of contact allowed by the courts at the time of adoption when the when the order was granted with birth family, with with birth mum and birth dad. And um, yeah, we have a very good work, a really good working relationship with um, the older siblings who are in foster care. Okay, so lots of different contact going on for you as well as family life and your family being in another country. So I guess travel as well is an issue in that direction. Are you busy the entire time of it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, it's, it's a complete logistical nightmare. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We lean heavily into Google Calendar just to coordinate what on earth we're supposed <laughs> to be doing. So, yeah, I understand. We should all just get an administrator when we adopt a kid. You know, we should just get some sort of secretary that would help us out with the admin. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> well, it's been really nice to hear your story because it sounds like it's been um it's been in some ways very smooth and in other ways very challenging and I think probably that that story sums up how adoption really is for most people. That combination of moments of joy and excitement and smooth sailing and then other moments of suddenly there's an issue the trapdoor falls away and there's an issue and you're dealing with it so it sounds to me like in a way your story is one that certainly I recognize thank you yes maybe perhaps to summarize I was thinking the same you know we we learn something new about ourselves every day and we have learned so many new things about ourselves throughout this journey and you know you just you just you just learn all these new things and try and embrace everything that's happening i think that's the most important thing and the best advice that i was given by a friend because we are both um, perfectionists both me and my husband um in everything we do and we always strive for the best and um and we do try our hardest and our best but um we had to recognize that this is a journey and there will be hiccups and there will be bumps along the way and it's all part of it and uh, as much as i was i it was really upset when when the exclusions in school happened but when i thought about it i and and i and i slept on it i thought you know i've got to embrace this and i've and i've got to learn from it and um and move on well, I think I think that's the right approach, and it's certainly the approach that we take. So um, you're in good company at the very least. Well, listen, thank you so much for joining me, and I hope you feel a lot better soon. But thank you ever so much for being here. Thank you for the invitation, and uh, thank you for the opportunity, Dora. It's much appreciated. Mm-hmm.
I would like to thank my guest today, Alex. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a five-star review and share it with your friends. Visit our website at newfamilysocial.org.uk. Adoption, Fostering and Tea is produced by New Family Social. The presenter was me, Tor Doherty, with music from Matt Doherty. The producer was John Jenkins. We'll be back next time with more guests and more tea. Thank you.